Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it begins. A desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 145 of Twin Suns Transmission, and we're very excited to talk about some new upcoming Star Wars things, Jesse, and uh, we are going to have another aggressive negotiations. We haven't had one of these in a while. If Have we had one of these before? We've done them, but it's yeah. been a real long while. Yeah, so uh, we are going to be doing that, and for those of you who have not uh, been a part of the aggressive negotiations, basically Jesse and I are going to pick sides of a controversial topic, and then we'll discuss opposing sides and uh, talk about it from there. So we're going to get to that, but before we do that, Jesse, let's get to the Star Wars news. And first thing on our list here, so Rancho Obi-Wan has announced its gala for next year, which is perfect. And normally they have these in October, but this time they are going to uh, start off with them in June. And it's something a little bit different this year, and they're going to be starting it on June 12th in 2020. And uh, Friday the 12th is going to be reserved for wine tasting featuring wines from Skywalker Vineyards, which I think is pretty cool. I've had some of that Skywalker Vineyard wine myself, and I definitely recommend it. Ooh, fancy. And then on Ube 13th, you basically are, they're going to have a barbecue, games, auctions, and a bunch of other stuff. So it's really great. They do all sorts of auctions and stuff normally. And it's for a great cause. I mean, Rancho Obi-Wan is something that every time I'm out in California, I always try to at least stop by for a visit. Rancho Obi-Wan also announced that for Star Wars Celebration next year in Anaheim, they're going to be having a 40 years of the Empire Strikes Back. So pretty exciting to see their exhibit. Rancho Obi-Wan is something I've always wanted to get myself out to go see. It just sounds like a mecca of Star Wars fans. Yes, definitely. Next month, they are re-releasing every single Star Wars film that we have to date with new covers that all kind of go with the same theme. So we'll have matching covers from episode one all the way through Solo. Um, and these are very reminiscent of like the old school art, I would say. Like they remind me of very old school posters. Every single one just kind of matches and goes with a really nice theme. They're all color coded, they're beautiful. Yeah. I'm very much a sucker for packaging. Like <laughs> even with 
figures and and stuff like that. And anytime the new movies come out, so like Walmart will have a different, slightly different package than the Target one, or you know Best Buy usually has a steel book, and then there's the normal one. But then you get the special lithograph if you pre-order from the Disney store, and then there's just all these exclusives, and everything's uh, slightly different at the different stores. And now we are going to have all of the same sort of uh, style packaging, which is going to be great. And like I said, the packaging will flow together and it will match like you were talking about. And like I, my Blu-rays are the Blu-rays from 2012 when the original six were released on Blu-ray. And then, you know, The Force Awakens obviously had different packaging and so on and so forth. So it'll be nice just to have everything go together. I'm surprised they didn't just wait six more months for The Rise of Skywalker to come out and just finish well, it out. I feel like this is how it's going to go because we'll get these and then there'll be another one coming out in six months and people will buy that too. It's just how it goes. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> I'll buy it myself, you know. And I'm sure they'll have one, do you think, that fits this, you know, set. Yeah, for sure. That way it'll match up with everything else. We got a ton of news related to Star Wars Resistance, and we're going to be spending a lot of time on our next show talking about the uh, the Star Wars Resistance Season 2 trailer that we got, as well as talking to Mirna Velasco, the voice of Tora Doza in the show, which is very exciting. So, if you are into Star Wars Resistance and want to hear more from one of the voice actors, definitely tune into our next show. But, Jesse, we did get the announcement that the second season is going to premiere on October 6th, which is a Sunday, so keeping the same day. And this is going to be the final season, so kind of a bummer there. But uh, at least we have season two, so pretty cool. Yeah, I was bummed to hear it was the final season, but seeing the trailer and how action-packed and how quickly the story seems to be moving, I'm just excited for it. It seems to make sense for for this little TV series. Yeah, and I, we'll talk about more about this on our next show, but it seemed like the trailer is giving the show a much different tone from what we saw in the first season. Oh, yeah, getting dark. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. So, um, again, we will be talking more about Star Wars Resistance Season 2 on our next show. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Normally on this show, Jesse, we don't talk about rumors at all. We just want to make sure that things are 100% confirmed before we even discuss them. Otherwise, it's just hearsay and no one knows what's true anyway. However... There was an announcement, a rumor announcement, that seems pretty promising. Um, There have been all sorts of talks about Ewan McGregor reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and this has been going on for a very long time. It seems like, you know, every couple of months it's like, and it's confirmed, Ewan McGregor's coming back, but it actually seems like this time we've had some reliable sources talk about this and post this. Steve Sansweet, even on his Facebook page, said the rumors are true. So uh, everyone is anticipating a complete official Lucasfilm announcement of Obi-Wan Kenobi being a Disney Plus TV series with Ewan McGregor coming back as Obi-Wan. 
if there wasn't a reason to get people to get on the Disney Plus train, I think this sells it to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, at, what was it? Comic-Con. At Comic-Con, they released a ton of, like, Marvel's plans for the Disney Plus. Like, there was, what, five or six shows that are coming out on Disney Plus for Marvel. And I was like, all right, well, I know we have The Mandalorian, and I know, you know, like, they'll probably put Clone Wars Season 7 on there, and we've got the Cassian and K2 show, but is this going to be, like, taken over by Marvel? Like, come on, Star Wars, what do we got? And so, bam, (laughs) there's Obi-Wan. So, pretty excited about that, for sure. Uh, Ewan McGregor is the perfect age to give us some in-between storylines for Obi-Wan, so... I'm really stoked about filling in his gaps. Yeah. So we'll talk more about this, too, once Lucasfilm officially confirms that. And we'll uh, give our thoughts and, and uh, discuss a little bit more about what the series could you know, mean for the future of not only Obi-Wan's character up until Episode 4, but the Star Wars timeline. Jesse, let's begin our aggressive negotiation segment here, and our topic, do you want to tell everyone what our topic is? So, our topic is all about Saw Gerrera, and whether or not we think he was a good influence on the Rebellion, or a good thing for the Rebellion. Alright, and... I was watching uh, Rebels, and obviously Saw's in Rebels for a few episodes, and it got me thinking, and Amanda and I um, were talking about this, and I was like, you know what, that'd be a pretty cool aggressive negotiations thing, so let's do it. So her and I had opposing sides, and uh, which is perfect for this segment, so I am going to take the position that Saw Gerrera was good for the Rebellion, which means you are going to disagree with me. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we'll start with you, and we'll get into some some in-depth stuff about this, but just off the bat, why do you think Saw Gerrera was not good for the Rebellion? You know, he's an extremist, right? Mm -hmm. And for any cause, extremists tend to not be what what brings the cause in the most positive light it could be in to formulate constructive solutions. So if you've got extremists over here just blowing things up, just trying to win, not being worried about anyone else, it really fuels the opposite side and gives them a reason to call the rebellion bad, to to make them into the bad guys. If you've got someone over here just blowing things up and not worried about how it affects the greater universe. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I don't know, I have a little bit of a different view. Um, only, only that, like, I think Saw has some really great characteristics. And one of them is his fire, his passion, his desire for results, you know? Like, there was a moment in one of the Rebels episodes where he had a transmission, like a hollow, hollow communication um, with Mon Mothma, 
and Mon Mothma was like getting angry and at one point when she finally started like visibly getting upset and speaking like raising her voice and stuff saw was like there's that fire there's that passion that's what this rebellion needs and like to me i was i was kind of like i can see that like mon mothma's very monotone this whole time and a lot of times people respond better to not necessarily someone who is a loud mouth but someone who's got that fire you know what i mean yeah no i i totally get that and there it's during that entire scene, I had like an internal struggle because I rewatched that mm-hmm. um, in preparation for this, and I was like, you know, who is right in this argument? And like, really trying to watch it and rewatch it and think back and forth. In that moment, in that like one sentence that he says, like, "There's that fire." Like, I was like, "Ooh, I'm on Saw's side a little bit." Yeah. But but then everything else that Mon Mothma <laughs> said <laughs> just really brings home. It's like, yeah, is Saw, are they are they on the same side? Are they working towards the same cause? Yes. But there's also something that Kanan says. It, it's really what Ezra says that he's just repeating after Kanan that it, it matters more how you fight mm-hmm. than, than that you're just fighting. Yeah. I I think sometimes, and we see this in Clone Wars too, you know, Tarkin says this to, to Anakin, and, and even Anakin kind of agrees, like, sometimes the Jedi don't have what it takes to win the war, and it's because they aren't going to be able to do what's necessary to get victory and i get that you know that's sort of like playing off of what you're saying but that's also the point like kanan is a jedi and so he grew up like during the war with the sort of mentality of a jedi and i think that's why you know maybe part of what he says is because of the jedi code yeah probably I just feel like... Not that it's a bad code to have, but... Right. No, I feel like there, there's there's so much out of balance between all of it. Both sides d- definitely aren't 100% going about it the right way. Mm-hmm. One side's going in too hard, Sagara, and Mon Mothma, and everyone else is kind of fearful and afraid to act and don't want to lose what they've built and even in Rogue One you know we get to the point where we have all this information you've got the perfect undercover people you've got Jin Erso who can basically get everything you need in order to take down the, the Death Star but then when it came down to it nobody wanted to act nobody wanted to do anything about it and they ended up having to go behind Mon Mothma's back to get anything done so Mon Mothma's definitely not perfect either and the bigger your government body is the harder it gets because not everybody always agrees but at the same time saw you can almost see him as like a dictator like that's not what he means to be and that's not what he's trying to be but his he's able to take action because he's just one person who leads a small group that just does whatever they want. They don't answer to anyone. They all just go with what Saw says. And that's not really a way 
to build away from the empire. You know, it's kind of just like a mini empire just with the opposite agenda. But they would end up becoming something similar. Yeah. Well, that was a what Amanda's point was, too, is that you can fight fire with fire, but essentially if Saw Gerrera leads these rebels to victory over the Empire, then will Saw become the next Empire? And maybe, I don't know. And I don't, I don't think that if that was the case, that that would be good. However, characters like Han Solo, who are hotheads, who don't always obey direct orders, characters like Anakin Skywalker, who sort of do their own things. I mean, we've seen Saw do that a lot in Clone Wars, in the Onderon episodes, where he goes off on his own to rescue King Dendep and stuff like that. And he's just he's just kind of like a loose cannon. And a lot of a lot of times, like even characters like that, they've had a rough past and, you know, they're sick of dealing with other people's crap. Like Saw blames himself for the death of his sister. He shot down that gunship with the rocket launcher, which then in turn crashed into Steela's position and essentially causes her to die. And it sucks for him because he blames himself. But we do see like the good nurturing side of Saw as well. I mean, he raised Jin and it you know, without Jin, the rebels would have been in big trouble, like you said. So I think there are good and bad with, with most characters. I just think Saw's ability to, his ability to lead and his ability to recruit people to his cause and his ability to show the Empire, hey, we're not going to back down. You're going to march into our city and you're going to try to give us curfews and tell us what we can do on our own planet. We're going to throw bombs at you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Someone lies the problem. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, in Saul's defense, he was emboldened by the Republic, by that first little civil war on on Onderon. They, the Jedi trained them, and the Republic encouraged them to do what they were doing. And, And while at the time they were throwing bombs at droids, He's just doing the ex- literally the exact same thing. Like if you watch that original arc in the Clone Wars, it's it's like a mirror image of where you see them in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. They're just throwing bombs right into the middle of the street, civilians all around, just yeah. because the First Order happens to be there. The Empire, you mean? Yep. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. Um, but yeah, I think there's a past between Saw and Galen. It is Saw that warns Galen that the Empire's coming to, I believe the planet is Lamu, where the Ursos are, when Krennic comes to uh, get Galen to come back. So there's there's somewhat of a, a, a history, a past. I wish I remembered more from the book Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Um I read it so long ago. I want to read it again because it goes a lot into Saw and his relationship with the Ursos and with Jin and Galen Ursos' relationship with Krennic. It like goes into depth with all of that. And gosh, I just remember so little from it. Yeah. But if if you're looking for those kinds of stories, that's definitely, you get a lot more of that in Catalyst. 
and we have Jedi Fallen Order coming out, and what little content we've been able to see so far from that game shows Saw Gerrera on Kashyyyk. Um, yeah. He interacts with Kel Kestis, so I think it'll be cool to kind of get a little bit more information on what Saw's doing. Apparently, uh, he's looking for Tarful or something from the gameplay footage that we saw, so... I'm not sure what that means or why he's looking for Tarful, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like Saw is the type of person that is able to, like I said, recruit people. He's a good leader. He's got a following, and he is not going to take crap from the Empire. I feel like a lot of people, even Tarkin Town, you know, people on Lothal and, and the Rebels, they start off stealing like the rebel, the Phoenix, Phoenix squad, uh, squadron, they start just stealing weapons from the empire and stuff like that. And, you know, trying to feed the poor and, and that's great, but it takes more than doing that to defeat the empire. I'm not sure if I agree with you that he's a good leader. I think he, maybe he's a good general mm-hmm. may, and he's someone who people definitely look up to and is very charismatic and has that like that fire that fuel that that attracts you know a following but at the same time i i mean is a good leader someone who tortures people and i don't know i mean i guess it just depends on what you're fighting for but right do you think palpatine's a good leader yeah, I guess you have to. Yeah, I guess you have to think about it within the context of what you're going for. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great manipulator. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you think, okay, so what are we calling a good leader? Like, if we're talking about whether or not he's good for the rebellion, though, the rebellion is trying to overthrow the empire and create something better. Would saw be able to lead them in a direction that would create something better and i don't i don't think he would what if you took saw and forget the fact that or forget that if the rebels win this war against the empire take saw out of a leadership position when creating something new let's just say saw's there just for the war and then once victory is achieved mon mothma can be in charge I don't know. I just don't know if victory can be achieved that way. Like, it might seem like it, they're doing more damage against the Empire, and it might seem like they're getting further, but at the same time, the general public is afraid of them, and that could be that could end up being a strength to the Empire in their own weakness. If people aren't willing to follow them or people are too afraid to follow them, they start turning to the Empire. Look at Tam in Star Wars Resistance. Like, she was left out. She felt like she will, couldn't, could no longer trust her own friends and turned straight to the nearest body of government that was organized for help. And that right now is the Empire. But that was a little different, though, because wasn't, like, her grandfather, didn't he work for the Empire? Like, she had family ties to it that put food on the table and stuff. Yeah, think about 
all the other people in in the empire what's going on with them. They're those people right now in in this in this time that, that everybody is being held up by the empire right now and you've got somebody who's coming in and trying to destroy that. And just like in the original arc in the Clone Wars, they talked about how they had to keep the people from being afraid of them, show them that they were, you know, on the side of good and what they stood for, and that they weren't just there to disrupt the city. And that that beacon of communication wasn't Saw. That was Stila. Saw was really, he kind of showed himself, I know he was a lot younger in those episodes, but he showed himself as not a very good leader. He was very hot-headed. Um, Stila was always the one that was able to rally the masses and, and make them feel confident that they could that they could win. Yeah. I think Stila was, I think Stila was a better leader than Saw would ever be. Because Stila, while she wasn't necessarily the most skilled you know with throwing around the droid poppers or whatever you know it took her a while to get that down you know she she was a good sniper and she was uh you know like you said a good leader and was able to to rally the public i kind of felt though that well maybe not i was gonna say i kind of felt though that like saw not necessarily like made her the way that she was because of her passiveness because he was so far the other way but they definitely were two sides of the same coin i feel like yeah i feel like they evened each other out and they both kind of needed each other and especially i think saw needed stila more so mm-hmm. um because i mean he, he i mean look at where he is without her and like you said, a lot of it has to do with being without her, the way he is and how, you know, angry he is in everything he does and untrusting he is. I think a lot of that has to do with losing Stila. So without her to ground him and bring him back down a notch and be like, hey, we can't just go in there and start racking stuff. We've got to make a plan. Yeah. He, he kind of went awry. Yeah. I think that when you get right down to Saw as a character, he, like you said, is very hot-headed and does make mistakes. But I think the Rebellion needs a lot of people of different attitudes. And essentially that's what it's made up of. You know, you have characters Mm -hmm. like Luke, you have characters like Leia, but then you have characters like Han. And as we get you know, further on and into the resistance, Poe is a lot different than, you know, like Ray or somebody like that. Like their attitudes and what they want to do, like Poe is just like, oh, hey, let's jump in an X-Wing and blow this thing up. And some characters are more calculated. I, I don't necessarily think that hot-headed is a, is a drawback all the time. Like with Poe, his skills are able to take out dreadnoughts which is clearly beneficial to the resistance. But I don't agree with everything that Saw does because of his hot-headedness, like, you know, the stuff with Click Clack. I don't think he treated Click Clack right, and if I was in his position, I would have treated Click Clack better. But I think just like with anything, you got to take the good with the bad. No one's perfect. 
Yeah, no, I just, I think that he wouldn't be as difficult as if he would, you know, he sees the rebellion as, like, a joke. And he kind of shows it in that conversation that we were talking about earlier um, with him and Mon Mothma. And he, he kind of, he's trying to, like, get, you know, their followers to be his followers, telling them to, you know, ditch Mon Mothma basically and come get something done over here with me. Like, that just seems like such a poor idea. If everyone's technically on the same side, fighting for the same goals, like, why create that division yeah. when you could be working together? Be like, oh, hey, you don't want to blow things up. Like, I could do that for you, but, like, you know, then you could feel like you're still cool and I'll just blow things up over here, but we could work <laughs> together. <laughs> like, that's when it would work. But it's that mentality that he has where he's like, you guys are useless. I'm going to try to steal your people for to actually do something because you guys aren't doing anything. Like, that attitude, I feel like, is just not helpful to the rebellion yeah i think mon mothma is very gun shy and she has a right to be so because the rebels are this ragtag group of people who you know different cells all over the place and the empire's huge and the empire is formidable and you need to make sure that you're ready to go up against them and you know, at the end of season three of Rebels, they're like, yeah, we weren't ready for, you know, warfare against the Empire. And you get to season four and they find out that the TIE Defender factories are all over the place and, and Ezra and the whole team are there and, and they have this TIE Defender elite and they get the specs for it and they're like, okay, let's make this assault happen. They felt they felt ready. But I feel like a lot of times Mon Mothma's just gun shy and that not always not always but can lead to not necessarily a lack of results but just people getting frustrated like Ezra he's like we've got stuff we need to be doing why aren't we doing this you know yeah she wants to always try to come up with like the most peaceful solution and that's that's really great and really admirable, but at the same time, you're up against the Empire, and they're just not... You're, you're going to be hitting a brick wall with, yeah. with peace and diplomacy. And they know that the Empire is building something, right? I mean, they've seen those like pods on Geonosis with the Empire symbol. Like they, they know that the Empire is working on something. And plus, there's all these TIE defenders. If they don't act quickly, like they could really suffer a blow a major blow yeah as long as saw doesn't throw them all up with kyber and flame <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think it's been a pretty cool discussion talking about saw and obviously you know there there is no right answer and his character is the way that he is because he's saw Guerrera and he isn't you know cut and dry so i think it was a good discussion jesse yeah, I do too, and I really want to know what you guys think, and I think you guys should post on a post that we'll make a little bit later after this episode is posted, and we'll hear from you guys what you think about Saw. All right, and if you want to uh, follow us on social media, Jesse, and interact with these questions and polls and discussion things that we've got going on, where could people do that? 
You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right. And um, if you're looking for places to listen to our podcast, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side, and you'll see all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store, or you can listen to us on iTunes. So for Eric and Jesse, you've been listening to episode 145 of Twin Suns Transmission. Don't forget to stay tuned for our next episode, which is going to be a full discussion on the Star Wars Season 2 of Resistance trailer that we got this past week, as well as uh, a discussion with Mirna Velasco, Tora Doza. We're very excited about that, but for now, we're going to have to sign off. So for Eric and Jesse, we'll see you next time, and may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Air Master, Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hut. Rendezvous point on Halloween. You're starting to annihilate me, I think.